and do not give up if you're feeling defeat that the dream that you want is stuffed down deep inside, potentially haunted from layers of your pride, from emotions that got stuck and which needed to be cried. Align with your purpose and soon you will fly. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So, jump in. The water is warm, and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to the New Wave Podcast. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. And it's Tuesday, which means that for the second week in a row, I am inviting you into the show inside of the show. That's right. Today, we are doing another episode with my friend, Chris Stoikos. And Chris is a brilliant human being, and he's a serial entrepreneur who's known for some of the uh, the most well-received commercial uh, or, or consumer brands, including the Beer Club. And uh, he is really smart as a marketer. If you go ahead and, and, and uh, YouTube... Chris Stoikos and look at some of the commercials he's made, he understands how to get humans to pay attention. And I think what's come as a result of that is his understanding of also his own inner workings. And in these podcasts together, we talk about the inner workings of our mind and the inner workings of what makes us tick as humans. Today's episode is all about intentional living and how we can create what we want out of our reality through in living intentionally. He's taught me a lot about this and some of the things he teaches in this podcast I use on my everyday, in my everyday life. So I highly recommend you tap into this. This is another episode of The Gift of the Gap, which is our little podcast series that we did. And uh, we have more of these as well. We'll record some more of these uh, as the year goes on. So I hope you enjoy it. And of course, all the updates of this show are on newwaveentrepreneur.com. So make make sure you check them in with us there. I can't talk today. We have workshops coming up, though, on the website as well. We also have uh, free guides. So make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment on whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Helps us to move up in the rankings get better guests, have more fun for you. And uh, that's all I got for you guys today. Let's jump into this episode of the podcast with Chris. Holy God, Jesus Almighty, we're back for another episode of The Gift of the Gap. This is Daniel DiPiazza checking here and my friend... Christopher Stoikos. Christopher Stoikos in the house. Now, over these last few episodes, we've promised you a really a smorgasbord, I would say, of philosophical and practical content. And today, right before we went on air, I said to Chris, Chris, we're talking about deliberate living today. And he said, at that, that, I'd like to make an edit an adjustment to the title of today's <laughs> uh, a topic. And so what are we actually changing today, Chris? Uh, it, it's a tricky one in the English language. Sometimes, um, if anyone's ever listened to Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, there's a line in the song that says, sometimes we all know that words have two meanings. Um, so there's a lot of sneaky stuff in English, and I'm, I like learning about it. Uh, the prefix D, D-E, it means to undo um, or reverse. So we were going to call this episode 
deliberate living. If you break down the word deliberate, it's to deliberate. Um, so you're basically undoing liberation, um, which doesn't make much sense. It's funny with words like delight. You know, delightful, we'll break that down. It means delight, but it's supposed to be positive, but it's not positive to take away the light from light, yet everyone says it. So some English spells in the spelling game, hence the fact that we're going to change the name of the episode from deliberate living to intentional living. Uh, well stated. And now I'm going to look up the word deliberate later, and we're going to find out that it actually has a French root, <laughs> and you're wrong. So we're going to – I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, but I think it's a fantastic uh, context to try this off. Okay. Well, just talking about intentional living – I have a story that I want to tell about your take on this and then I want to hear your perspective on it, okay? So, oh, man. seems like forever and a day ago when you actually had an Instagram, which was really only a few months ago because you're like a shooting star. You'll come on and off. In fact, if Chris is ever on Instagram, I'll send out the bat signal and everyone can get on there for four <laughs> days and then he'll be off again. Um, so, in one of your periods recently where you were on IG, you had a whole uh, story. I think it was even a highlight or was a saved uh, saved video and it was all on intentional living and you made a very simple analogy or actually it was an example of um, using intentional living to coach yourself through the process of running outside to do something so mindfully that you manifest it could you walk us through that process yeah so a little bit of history where I first came across the concept of intentional living uh, there's a set of books and I believe a course called the Avatar course and they offer it and it's kind of like a, it's not multi-level marketing, but it's, it has that vibe to it where you go and you buy tickets, you go in an event and stuff. Um, but I wanted to pay some homage to where I found it. So Avatar, you can look up online. It's called Avatar Deliberate Living. So when I took this in, I, I started taking in what I had already been practicing to some extent and seeing if I could amplify it for greater manifestations or greater creations. And like you said, it's saying what you're going to do before you do it. So um, the word abracadabra, uh, if you look that up, it means with my word, I create. It's a, a cool kind of origin there. And to me, the process of all creation starts with speaking. You can skip the words and go straight from thought to action. If I say, if I just think right now, I'm going to take a, a sip of my matcha tea. That's one thing to think it and then do it. It's a whole other process to say out loud, Daniel, I'm going to take a sip of my matcha tea. And then I perform exactly what I said. So if you think of how a computer works, you have to put in the command and then press enter and then the command runs. Whether that's, you know, you're getting into formal coding, typing in www.whatever.com, putting in the command, press enter, the command initiates. Where I found so much jumbling in my own system were the amount of options popping up on in my thoughts of what to do. So something as simple as you're in the kitchen and you're looking in the fridge and it's like you open the fridge. It's like, huh, do I cook that steak? Wait, do I want to fry some eggs? Oh, I got some oatmeal in the cupboard. Do I want to go to the cupboard? Maybe I'll just go out for breakfast instead. Actually, no, the steak looks good. And you can cycle through all these different thoughts popping up. I found that when I got into the practice 
of being more intentional and saying what I wanted to create or what I wanted to choose, I didn't feel as overwhelmed with options popping up, number one. And number two, there was little to no lag time and zero laziness in between saying what I was going to do and doing it because I had started to train my brain to basically respond to doing what I say I'm going to do. So in its simplest form, you can think of um, you're going to go for a run and then start flowing through the actions of, okay, stand up from the chair, open the door of the room you're in, go find your shoes, tie up your shoes, open the garage, go stretch and go. If you break down that process into saying out loud to yourself for the purpose of practice, for the purpose of training your consciousness, I'm going to stand up. Then you stand up. I'm going to go open that door. And when you open the door, you feel the door handle. You touch it. You, you know exactly what you're holding. You open the door. You go outside. You, I'm going to press the button to open the garage. You press it. It opens up. I'm going to tie my shoes nice and tight. You feel every single pull of every single lace. You're basically dialing in such a focused state of intentional presence that I've noticed my reality actually becomes shinier. It almost looks like it goes high definition when you really, really drop into the moment. When we expand this onto a bigger level, if anyone's ever heard the saying, like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You can almost build anything you want. Because if you look at the wildest skyscraper in Dubai or, you know, the beautiful high rises in New York or any city that you're in or, you know, a car and how beautiful, how many pieces there is that go into this creation, you have to do one little step at a time and not get lost in the mind so that you stay present in the physical realm and you carry out sequences of events in proper order to create whatever you want. And this is how I see big businesses getting built, um, starting any project you've really ever dreamt of, getting yourself in shape uh, by starting to initiate this practice in your life. Damn. Okay. There's a ton I want to talk about on this. Um, Serve me okay. up, man. Well, the first thing is I didn't know about Abacadabra uh, with, with, with my words I create. That's incredible. And it makes me think of, of magic and have you ever, I mean, that it really literally is the, the magic phrase. Um, have you ever heard of the mythology of true names? No. Okay. So me. I just looked this up while you were talking, but um, basically the idea of the true name, uh, giving someone's true name and the words behind their true identity uh, reveals a, a magical power. So I'm going to reveal, I'm going to, I'm going to read this. It says, um, wow. When captured by Polyphemus, Homer's Odysseus is careful not to reveal his name. When asked for it, Odysseus tells the giant he is nobody. But later, having escaped after blinding Polyphemus and thinking himself beyond Polyphemus's power, Odysseus, in an act of hubris, uh, uh, in an act of hubris that was uh, that was to cause problems later, boastfully reveals his real name. Now, knowing his real name, Polyphemus was able to call down upon Odysseus the revenge of his father, the sea god Poseidon. Many later episodes of Odysseus depict Odysseus facing the relentless hostility of Poseidon, all of which he could have avoided had he persisted in keeping his real name secret. According to practices in folklore, revealed to, uh, referred to as the law of names, knowledge of a true name allows one to affect another person or being magically. 
It is stated that knowing, knowing someone or something's true name therefore gives the person who knows the true name power over them. This effect is used in many tales, such as the German fairy tale of Rumpelstiltskin, within Rumpelstiltskin and all its variants. So, I mean, there's a um, yeah, there's just a, a huge mythology around true names. Dude, dude, my body is buzzing <laughs> from head to toe with the level of interest that has peaked in me around this because I so oh, believe yeah. this. Like, my goodness gracious, dude, I gotta watch Rumpelstiltskin. Um thank you for pulling that out of left field and i don't know what segued into your consciousness to go from abracadabra and with my word i create to poseidon lighting up a guy in the sea and uh but i'm grateful that that tidbit true names out. true names true names um that was really you know that was an important piece you know i think um i, I want to read something else too that i wrote recently and this is on it was on using our word and our intention to create something in physical reality. And so I wanted to read a piece to you and then get your feedback on it, okay? Definitely. So let me see. I have a piece of writing here. Uh, okay. All right. So it's kind of a long one, but I think that we're on a podcast, so fuck it. It's our podcast. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> then we can take a, a gap after this, but okay. So it starts off with the phrase, this is something I wrote back in September. Anything I create through focused attention and loving intention becomes my reality. This phrase came up for me over and over again in meditation this morning, but what does it actually mean? The problem is not if what you focus on and intend becomes reality. The path from intention to creation is a fact. Even when you don't consciously intend something, if your thoughts and actions communicate that intent, changes will occur, be they positive or negative. This is cause and effect. Yet we often negate our ability to create the circumstances we want in life. Why? There are two primary factors that cause us to distrust our ability to create what we want in our life. Number one, the slow speed and low bandwidth of physical reality. The speed of creation, meaning how rapidly your focused energy and intention can create a new reality, is often painfully slow. This is because the 3D world has relatively low bandwidth, i.e. potential capacity, compared to that of the psychic realm, mind, or the metaphysical realm, spirit. Consider the example of writing a book. According to the multiverse theory, the completed book already exists in parallel reality because all realities exist simultaneously as potential. The author's job is to merge the present line of reality with that potential line of new reality through intentional action in the physical world. All the information for the completed book or the resources to find that information is contained inside the mind of the author before the book is written. But this is where the rubber meets the road. The labor of 3D reality requires the author to intercept the information out of possibility into present reality like a radio frequency on a specific channel, picking up the signal that's transmitted through the universal potential and received by the brain. Then the signal must be unscrambled and translated into a physical end product. The keyboard is the mechanical barrier between the author and the finished product. First, all the, complete, all the competing thoughts must be organized and squeezed through this narrow, clunky physical channel, which hasn't yet changed much in a hundred years. Like a great dam forcibly constricting a crushing tide, the brain must fall in line with the limits of current technology. The keyboard is confined to a set number of keys, has a variable output that decreases as the typist fatigues, and is subject to a host of mechanical errors, creating imperfect work. 
Elon Musk is working on a solution for this at Neuralink by increasing the bandwidth of human potential by circumventing the keyboard and connecting the brain directly to the computer. We're still relatively far away from this being a seamless process. Since the link from universal possibility to thought to creation must inevitably go through physical channels before the new reality is apparent, we often get frustrated because at various stages of the process, we don't feel the end result is actually inevitable, even though we may understand intellectually that all potential realities must exist in the field. There is a mismatch between the perception of the speed of our brain and the speed of 3D, akin to the tremendous difference between a dial-up modem of the 90s and today's wireless internet. The discrepancy causes us to doubt our own ability to create reality when what we really are experiencing is a lack of bandwidth and speed caused by the clunky physics of 3D, not the absence of the potential in the field of our personal ability. Number two, the duration of focused attention required to... Okay, hold hmm? up. Hold up. The level of gold that you are um, dropping right now is pretty up there. Uh, let's <laughs> let's take, go for a gift of the much needed gap right now. Let me speak to Just number rattling. one, then probably another gift of the gap, and then we'll go to number Smart. two. Okay, <sighs> breathe in with us. Good, you caught me on the gap. Right. I was rattle. I was going crazy. I'm going to go really intentional here. I am going to speak slower than normal as I respond to what you said. I am only going to speak to what I know is true from my own experience based off of what you shared. So what I know is true about reality is that there are different planes of reality that feel different. They're different vibrations. And you can, let's call vibrations even emotions. Reality, look, you can be somewhere and feel different ways depending on the energy that's moving through your body. And depending where you're vibrating at, the carousel of thoughts that you referred to as moving in the infinite multiverse, different ideas are available. What I have experienced as the hardest thing back in the day when I used to do plant medicine are some of the incredible ideas I've had while in those spaces or not on plant medicine and simply in a, a really good laughing space with friends and like big ideas come through. To grab one of those ideas is easy. To write it down is relatively easy. To move away all of the other thoughts and ideas that start presenting themselves when you come back down to the level of consciousness that is your norm, like where you're integrated at, that's the difficult part. And a good visual is if anyone's ever been to, I've seen it um, at Asian buffets. Sometimes they have like pre-made sushi plates or different kinds of dishes and they're on a, a belt and you just go up and grab whichever one you want. If you look at what's available, like the book you want to write is already written. The product you want to make is already made. The software you want to develop is already made. And all you have to do is align your vibration with that and then take the action to is. flow into there its it creation. It is like pulling something out of a realm that cannot be seen 
to the physical. So the intentional living is incredibly important to consistently state out loud with your word what you want to create on the daily, on the hourly, if it's a, an idea that you know is out there. And a good practice that I want to share that I've recently taken up, um, I learned how to juggle not long ago with three balls. And I, I, it takes a couple hours and not much more than that. And you can learn on YouTube. And what something like juggling does is it really puts you into your physical reality quickly. It gets you out of that realm of the ideas and thought because it's tough to juggle and be thinking at the same time. You, your mind is pretty much blank because you're so present with the balls. So I've been using it as a tool to be able to stay focused in my present reality, especially when I'm looking to create something that I can't see where there's the chance for other noisy thoughts to get in the way and stop your reality from flowing effortlessly. Have you tried with knives yet? Let's go for another good question, dude. Um, I actually wouldn't mind trying that. Don't do it on camera. We don't want to see. Room. I could just start throwing up here. Yeah, yeah. We'll, Serial uh, entrepreneur we'll Christopher Stoikos was, had his... <laughs> A hand amputated today from a random juggling experiment during a podcast. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about that. The idea of um, ideas being, because we talked about this, I think, offline, you know, when we talk about the, the and there's a great book too, it's called Reality Transurfing. Um Oh my gosh, dude! That's where I was. Yeah. Okay. So, so you read, yeah, and, and that was one of the only books that, of that size that I've actually read the whole thing, and really, like, it really changed my life. Um, it changed my life. And if you if, if you guys haven't read this, it's actually a, a collection of I think maybe three to five books uh, by an author named uh, Vadim Zeland, who is basically an enigma. I mean, he doesn't. You really can't find much about him. He doesn't really. He doesn't really exist. Really, he's just out there somewhere. And uh, this whole book is a, I don't know if you call it a treatise, uh, a Bible, uh, an encyclopedia on understanding and navigating different, the different levels of reality. And I've also developed a lot of my own philosophies from reality transurfing. And, and part of his idea is that the metaverse is all happening at once. And every single possibility in the universe or in the metaverse or in in existence is a point on a line and we're surfing through these points and with our intention we can move ourselves we can move that line to the point where that thing exists and he goes into some very crazy scenarios he even talks about things like lucid dreaming how you can actually go into lucid state lucid dream state to not come back if you're not protecting yourself in the correct way and there's actually some pretty crazy stuff in there but on the whole a lot of it actually makes sense um have you in your personal life experienced the uh, the instance of having something that was almost dropped into your reality, fully formed from you aligning to the right frequency? And what was that? Well, one of the ways I reconnected to the innocence and joy of my childhood was by relearning to knit. It's a beautiful way to 
um, turn a ball of yarn into something with needles and knitting. So in, in a simple form, it is pulling an idea to create a headband. Um, which That's I'm right. I got a fan will you? By the way. <laughs> Do you um, accept Ethereum? To... <laughs> um, so knitting, I would say, is a, a simple example of that. Um, I have another idea right now for a, a piece of software I want to create. But when I thought of it, I was fresh out of a plant medicine journey. I was in Australia. I was at a very different vibration than where I'm at sitting right here right now in the States. And every time I think of it, it it's like it, it just eludes me. Like I would have to, f my emotional body would have to feel all of the energy that I wasn't fully processing when the idea came through. And I wrote it into a seven page PDF um, and I have it. And focusing on it is, is tough. Um, so I want to set an intention now to see if we can dial this back a bit. Uh, I'm feeling an incredible amount of energy in my physical body. Like we've gone into the etheric realm um, pretty high. And let's see if we can bring this back to the body a little bit. Um, potentially even with another short gap of breathing here, and then you can go into read number mm -hmm. two. Okay, Daniel, I'm feeling like if we let number two sort of the side for a second, something really clear to talk about is coming yeah. through. That one of the biggest challenges in living intentionally is knowing what you want to create. Because if you actually tune in to believing that everything that could ever exist exists, it can be really overwhelming that all of that exists. When I tuned into that and I was like, what? There's a reality where I can play in the NHL? I literally sold all my shares in Beard Club and trained to play professional hockey for four and a half years and just stopped a month ago after I got on a, a semi-pro team in Quebec and I played one game and I was like, hmm, I don't know if I actually, I actually want this anymore. And I, I stopped training. The reason I share that story is because believing that anything can be achievable, the, 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 uh, the discernment that's needed is like, what do you want? What do you want to focus on? Which reality do you want to align with? Mm -hmm. What do you want to create? And I'd love if you have insight to share of any process for how you figure that out. Um, my only barometer is my heart. Uh, and my heart can tend to jump in different directions and get excited about different things. So perhaps the Dharma of a person, like what is your true purpose on this planet and to align with that so that you're not overwhelmed by the ability to create anything and just going after shiny realities because you think you want them. Uh, you've asked the question of the century. I don't know if I have the answer. I, I will say that um, 
there's almost uh, an extraordinary amount of responsibility when you realize that you do have, you know, the power to create these realities. And it's not that it's, uh, you know, there's a magic button because there's also the, um, the work that has to be done in the 3D to create the reality, you know, to meet that reality where it is. Um, Want to elaborate a bit when you say the work to be done in the 3D for anyone who's not versed on that language? Yeah, I mean, well, let's look at your, let's look at your, you know, your your trip into the reality of being a professional hockey player. I mean, if that reality exists and it does, and let's say that you you made it onto a semi-pro team, that is, you know, now you're within striking distance of going pro. Now you're seeing starting to see that reality bubble. Now, as we were talking in the thing I just read. There's a, a lot of times there's a, um, a mismatch in the, the speed that your intention can move and the way that you flow mentally and emotionally and the reality of the 3D, meaning it's slower bandwidth. So it might take you two, it took you four years to accomplish getting onto a semi-pro team. Many people in that time frame would give up because they'd say, this isn't happening for me. But oftentimes you're either not looking for the right signals or indications of progress. You don't understand that things take a while to progress. Um, and I'll actually, I'll actually will flow into this, this next piece because it actually addresses that. And then we'll talk about your, your move into the pro space because it, it does tie all in. Because number two, and we're talking about the mechanics behind affecting metaphysical change in the physical world. How to take something that's up here and here, pull it from, from the metaverse and then have it potentialize, you know, potentiate in the real world. And the second thing that people often mistake is the duration of focused attention required to affect the change. So the second element that causes us to distrust our ability to create is the duration of focus required to affect material change. And this is another impediment of the 3D world. Water does not boil the instant you set it over an open flame, yet chemical changes are happening from the moment you turn on the burner until the second it begins bubbling. But in our minds, nothing in the interim counts because the goal is just to cook our pasta. In the same way, the mind needs both quality and duration of focus to create the results in the physical. The main danger is boredom and lack of motivation, quote, to reach the mental boiling point where the new reality can occur. During the time when it feels like nothing is happening, a whole host of changes are being made below the surface which are creating the conditions for the new reality. But if you turn off the burner too soon, everything cools off again. The only solution is to stay the course until things start cooking. So that relates well to your hockey example. Dude, I used to say when I was CEO of Beard Club, I'd say, every man on the earth is currently growing a beard. <laughs> Even when you're shaving, <coughs> your beard is so growing. True. <laughs> and it, it was like, and I was like, stop fighting nature. <laughs> Let the beard out. It's trying to come out. You can't win. You literally can't win. I thought of that when you said the pot, like as soon as you put the water on, even though you don't yeah. see it boiling, it's still, it's still starting to boil. The beard is still growing. So, okay, bring this, bring this back to hockey. So the, the physical changes, or like you could say the chemical changes with the water, are the metaphysical and the physical changes needed to create uh, the reality of being a professional hockey player for, for you. So what was it? It's a mindset that you have to have. It's a physical body that you have to possess. It's a set of skills you need to possess. It's time for people and other other teammates to corral around you. It's it's for you to be able to line up certain potential partnerships with different teams to get to try out. There's like this whole layer of 3D physical thing you have to do before your before the physical world can meet up with the reality that's already been created. 
And I think in that gap, people, since they don't see the changes happening immediately or even within a year or a few years, they're not even looking at the right signs. So if you look at water boiling, for instance, you'll see it start to smoke and bubble, but it's not quite a rolling bubble yet, but you're like, oh, is it even working? And the same thing with you moving into the hockey space. Changes happen the whole way until the physical reality is totally presented, but someone might easily give up in the interim because they're not getting the result now, now, now. And, you know, so that's, that's the, and I think that is the 3D work in the real world. I think that um, sometimes when we're talking metaphysical, people say, well, I'll just abracadabra it. But because the bandwidth of the physical world is slower than the bandwidth of the metaphysical, we have to then create physical changes, which are slow and kind of grungy sometimes, you know, in order to create those, those changes. I, I also have a, a similar dream uh, in athletics of competing at a very high level in jujitsu. But even if I think it there first, I, I, I can't, I have, there are things I must do physically to create that possibility. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing all that. I realize now it's just hitting me when I got to play that first game. There was a part of me that enjoyed it like I did when I was a child. And there was a part of me that was ridden with the most indescribable terror and fear. That it feels like that was the vibration that needed to purge from my nervous system to align deeper with playing at this level. Um, so yeah, yeah, like you said, a lot of people go back and forth and quit on my journey of the four and a half years. I probably quit about five times like derailed an entire process of trainers that I was training with a schedule that I had called everyone said I'm done hung it up said I'm not training anymore then the surge of energy would hit again like no this is your dharma you need to do it so back to everything that you read if anything is achievable if anything in the entire universe is attainable, you can build whatever you want, you can buy whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. Uh, sharing a bit more of my experience with Beard Club and how much money the company was making and how we had three houses, um, including a 10,000 square foot Hollywood mansion that we were renting and cool cars and money flowing and and fame and all that for anyone who is after that that dream or that reality i can share that having been there it's not what it's chalked up to be it's it's very hollow and superficial and i used my willpower to bypass my body and did whatever it took to live that only to find out it wasn't what i thought it was and the, the whole, you know, when you get to that state, all the women that are available and, and the parties, like that kind of thing, that also wasn't what it was chalked up to be. So even though I, I sit here right now, Daniel, re-contemplating my hockey journey and how the signs of the universe just felt so undeniable that it was so aligned, perhaps it was aligned for me to train for four and a half years to play that one game to get it out of my system. Because when I sit here now, knowing that anything's available, and I do hold that belief that literally anything is available, having lived a lot of it myself, um, all I really want to do is be with my wife, my, my two girls, make bone broth, 
make sourdough bread. Make from almond scratch. milk from scratch. Dude, that, like nut milk for days. <laughs> um, if anyone has ever made macadamia nut milk, that is the secret of all secrets. Almond milk is 2020. Mac Mac milk is is the real deal with um, Mac nuts, a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of sea salt. It's out of control. Um, I want to brew my own beer. I think that would be super cool. Um, so yeah, it's it can be very tempting to chase what we've been programmed with by society and movies and TV. Because when our mind is flooded with all of these different options on whatever carousel is spinning around, it can be challenging to choose what I'll call right now the simple heart. Because I, I do feel that the simple heart is where the greatest treasures lie. And I could contradict myself an hour from now when we get off this episode and stop recording and I'm outside going, fuck, I need to go start training. So, uh, you know, take all this with a grain of salt and tune into your own truth for what feels good and what reality you want to live. Well, okay. I want to say a few things. Uh, one, I think that, um, it would be completely acceptable for you to, uh, to train, to experience playing in the game and then to say that was nice next experience it doesn't make it wrong to say well i played the semi-pro games so and now i gotta try to get to the maple leaves or like whatever you know or like i don't know any hockey teams you know it's like now I can, you know now i gotta get to the the red wings you know that's my hockey team as a kid you know the red wings used to throw an octopus on the ice i never understood that why they would do that oh it's dude just, that was one just of them. Like, like if you you bring that memory back oh watching that epic scotty <sighs> bowman on the bench, man. That's when Stevie Y was hanging ridiculous. I only knew Gretzky. Um, Gretzky was in that era too. The the octopus. Just, I never understood why that was a thing, but uh, you know, the, I know the Zamboni was a little, <laughs> you know, on the ice. Because um, I did go to some Red Wings games as a kid, so so it would be totally acceptable for you to have a season where you say I've accomplished this because there is a certain um, gratification in for lack of a better word, flexing your intention. The ability that you were able to do it is the game. It's the fun. It's the game, you know? And there are lots of people who uh, they've created an intention that's become out of control, kind of like you were talking with Beer Club. You have this intention, and then they think that because I've created this, I must occupy this space for the foreseeable future. And I think that's when, you know, you're truly out of alignment. It would be better to play one game and say, that feels complete, then to say, well, now I got to go pro. And you're like, oh, I don't really want to go pro, you know? <laughs> yeah, well said. How do you know if you just need one, you know, jujitsu match locally with someone or, or train to the belt right below the black belt or to get your black belt and then not need to compete? Do you have anything to share about your process and where that's brought you. The only thing that's going to stop me is if I'm in my fucking grave. That's what's going to stop me. <laughs> when I'm not competing, I'm fucking dead. Um, no. I, well, you know, and I also did have a, I had a, a plant medicine journey as well. And one of my big uh, revelations, this is actually the first, this is the first journey I ever took. And in bl- bright neon lights, it said, black belt, black belt, black belt, black belt, which who knows if that means anything. Um I, th- I think that there's no, uh, y- y- you know, Dude. I don't, I don't think there are rules for it, and I'm not sure what the what the rules are. I think that people change with time, and I think that uh, there are seasons in your life where things become more or less 
you know, important depending on what you have going on. I mean, for me personally, I think if you have two young girls right now, that would be like the number one and everything else is like X below that. I'm also mm. curious too, like, you know, uh, with your time in, uh, in beer club and feeling that you'd accomplished something that, that was, I guess, coveted by so many, you know, we were talking before the show about how, uh, Terrence McKenna and he was saying culture is a lie. Do you feel like you were kind of like chasing after something which was culturally a prize, but then you realized that once you got it, it wasn't what you thought it would be? The intention that the group of guys and I that created Beard Club with was to buy an island. Mm. Uh, our Slack channel was called The Island. Uh, and we said we were going to grow our company so big, get rich and go buy an island somewhere in the Caribbean or Fiji. And we were all going to live on this island and create our own little utopia you know, there were points where if we made enough money, if we could have cleaned up the business well enough to sell it and cash out and go there, we could have gone there. Uh, I feel like it was a very tough reality to rope into and, and pull down. And there were too many mixed intentions. Um, the focus kind of changed when a lot of the fame in Hollywood and different aspects came in from the vision that originally birthed it. So I, I do also think that, to finish that thought, so Terrence McKenna culture is a lie. It's to each their own, you know? Not everyone has the dream to go achieve that kind of stuff in Hollywood and, and make big money. A lot of entrepreneurs I met ha do have that. I'm glad I did it because it made me realize I, I didn't want it. Sometimes hearing that experience from somebody else, you can absorb the vibration right now through your ears and my voice and be like, wow. I'm listening to Chris's experience. That's enough for me. I don't want it. Some people, it'll fire them up in the opposite direction and be like, uh-uh, I need to go get it for myself. So that's why it's super important that with everything we're talking about to run this through your own um, trivium, I believe it's called, T-R-I-V-I-U-M. Um, if you search the trivium, it's, it's how to take input in, um, sort it out to make your own choice, and then what do you want to output from it? and not let somebody else's experience become your experience. You, you want to share and absorb parts of their experience. So yeah, there's, well, what changed for me was when my first daughter was being born, that's when I had the plant medicine journey, similar to your neon lights that said black belt, that just said pro hockey, specifically NHL, NHL, NHL at the age of 28. And it was like, yeah, the, the other vision didn't align anymore with the island and stuff. And so I, I shifted gears. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta find what's, what you want, become intentional with it. And if we rewind this actually potentially to start reeling this back in and, and wrap this episode up, if you set your intention out loud, and I'm doing this right now, I'm working with a hypnotherapist going deep into my subconscious to align with my Dharma. I want to know what it is so I can start taking action in that direction. You can say it every day. You know, I, I set my intention to align with my, my most divine purpose. I set my intention to align with my Dharma. And you can write that on a piece of paper and keep it in your pocket and use that piece of paper as something you've plucked out of the infinite multiverse, put it into physical form and carry it with you so that there's a an awareness to the vibration and a, a physical link to something in your pocket. 
I don't have that in my pocket right now, but I'm going to do it after this, uh, after we hang up here. So yeah, dude, those are some thoughts. This is, this is cool stuff to talk about here. This is a good one. Here. And, and for anyone listening today, you know, thinking, oh, Chris is crazy. I want to make a million dollars and exit a company too. Well, you know, Les <laughs> Brown said everyone, they always say money won't make you happy, but people still want to find out for themselves. So, you know, um, go find out for yourself what your own uh, dharma is. And you often might find that you end up running in circles too. And you come back to a place you've already been. Well, that about sums up my, uh, my thoughts on intentional living. What about you? Uh, I got some intentional words to Oh, I wasn't going to ask, but I was going to hope you were you'd offer. In a flow. So uh, I set my intention to have the divine flow of reality and the carousel of thoughts that are running above my head to come through my mouth so that tomorrow when I get out of bed, I can align with my dharma and the reason I'm here. And the next time I'm tempted, maybe I will not drink that beer unless it's something that I've brewed on my own because you know the simple heart can truly deeply own the treasures in this life when you align with your wife, have a few children. It can be so nice. Listening to this podcast, moving kind of fast, ground back into your feet, put your hand over that heartbeat, potentially go ground in with a nice piece of some medium rare red meat and do not give up if you're feeling defeat that the dream that you want is stuffed down deep inside potentially haunted from layers of your pride from emotions that got stuck in which needed to be cried align with your purpose and soon you will fly you guys you got real towards the end there Dude, that was good. I got to start setting intentions before I freestyle. The next, the next one, <laughs> after all these shows are over, we're going to go back and take all your freestyles and put them into a book of poetry. And we're going to release the gift of the gap poetry book, Chris Stoikos. Okay, so dude, hold the heck on. So that, like, check this. I just rhymed on Dharma. If I had, like, one deep purpose, I've never thought of this, but the gift of the gap poetry book, that, like, I can... F- feel it in my being that is simple it's easy i still get to have my life that i I want it feels aligned with something that comes so natural to me Uh, except i would need a co-author because you know that this energy that comes out is coming out because you're grounding it in (laughs) make it happen well you know actually i always show this here this is one of my favorite things you like to write it in chinese here's one of my books in in mandarin (laughs) yeah let's let's do it man get to the gap poetry book Coming soon oh to a store near you. Um, all right, guys. That concludes this wonderful, incredible episode of The Gift of the Gap. Uh, you know, over this next series of, of podcasts, we have some really great topics for you all on the philosophy of life and living with some humor in here and uh, some irreverence as well as always. This is Daniel DiPiazza. Daniel DiPiazza. I'm breaking the rules here. and I You have more to add? Okay. You tell me. Yeah, it just came through. You're going to have to uh, reclose no, this in a to. second, but here's what I wanted to share. Um, after I played the semi-pro game in Quebec, 
I got in touch with a different way to have hockey in my life. And that's playing roller hockey on rollerblades. And I loved doing that when I was a child. And I've been playing out here. And when I got my blades on, I actually started uh, making a video right now. It's what I was working on mm-hmm. before we got You're on this me. episode for a, a roller hockey puck. Yeah, Xeno puck. It's, it's this epic roller puck. So what I'm getting at is when I let go of the professional dream, which I think did come with a lot of societal programming, the whole glamour and glitz of the NHL and watching it on TV growing up, I was able to realign with the purity of the game of hockey and what it meant for me and my relationship to it was roller hockey. So the reason I wanted to put a a hard stop, break the rule and rewind the clock for a second here was because I wanted to end on asking the audience this. And I'll ask you too, Daniel. With any big dream you potentially have, is there a parallel version of that dream that still embodies the frequency of fun that isn't the big money-making professional fame version of it. And I'd love to ask you for the the sake of it right now, if you weren't going to compete in a national jujitsu, high-level black belt style competition for for that form of martial arts as an expression, is there another expression of it that comes to mind that could potentially satisfy that same dream that you're currently after? Uh, Yes. For me, it would be teaching. For me, it would be having a school. How, where's the parallel for that and martial, like the jujitsu you're training and how does that, like my professional ice hockey, I'm, I'm satisfying it with roller hockey. Where is there a link between those two? Well, I think for me, you know, the most important thing, I think the reason why I'm competing is because, um, because that's that's actually a really good point that you bring up, you know, because we have to think about why we're doing it. And you were saying with with the NHL, it was like the glitzy, glamour part about it that's been imbued upon you as a kid. And there's that element of it for me. I, I think for me, the reason why I would compete at a high level is because I know that at that level, um, I'm fully expressed. The reason why I love martial arts and why I want to, be as high level as possible because I know at that level I will be at my maximum potential and I'll be able to fully express myself creatively in that way and I think that even if I'm not competing at that level if I'm teaching at that level I'll get the same feeling and the same joy because uh, I, I want to share the art I want to bring people into it I want so I want people to see me but more importantly I want them to try this path for themselves and I can get the same effect through teaching it dude dude I'm not in your body right now, but the resonance I feel for however we both may be uncovering a very high level plant medicine reality injection for seeing the parallel that allows life to function in more balanced without needing to use the words you used, achieve our maximum potential. I think that might be part of culture is a lie. Everyone's, not everyone, I was climbing ladders. I see a lot of people climbing ladders to go to the top to achieve maximum potential. So let's end on this note. Ask yourself, is there a purer version of what reality you're already going after that if you couldn't show what you were doing on social media or a website and you couldn't even talk about it and and share it with any kind of audience, you're just doing it for yourself and for the sheer joy of doing it, what would that be? Drop mic. Can you rewrap? <laughs> you, you want me to rewrap after that? 
It's like when we opened up the present again, now I gotta rewrap it. <laughs> My friends, the gift of the gap sometimes blossoms incredible fruits just like a mushroom when you least expect it. I was growing some mushrooms in the closet. I thought the I thought all the spores were done. I looked back in there two weeks later, there were six other little buds. That was what Chris just did. Mushroom in the night. Pop! Um Let's end on that on that Good that job. thought, guys. That question of of creating purity around the intention. This is actually such a good. I don't want to belabor this too much. It's such a good idea, though. It's such a good thought because so many of the things that we want to do they're steeped in some sort of like cultural reverence or fame thing or money thing, and it's like it's not the actual thing that we want. It's the it's there's still a layer over it. The NFL is a layer, or NHL. The NHL is a layer, and it doesn't mean that. It wouldn't be satisfying in some ways, but there's a layer of, you know, I used to do these games with my parents and my dad would be proud and I would feel good. I'd have a jersey, and oh. I mean, which is all good, but it's not the thing. It's, it, it's, like, it's like when you're trying to, most people would take money over wealth. They'd say, I'd rather have a million dollars than a million, you know, ears of corn or cows or a forest of, of wood. When what they're really getting the money for is to acquire wealth, but they'd rather have the symbol of it. You know, the money in the bank account is a symbol of wealth, but it's not actually wealth. You know, if you plant a bar of gold in the ground, it grows nothing. You know, you want the thing that the gold can buy, which is the wealth, which is the food, which is the nourishment. But we mistake the symbol of the thing for the thing. So. Oh, my gosh. You know, that is that is poetic. It's Alan Watts. Dude. Dude, but, well, you regurgitated it under Daniel's teaching academy. It's um, true, though, right? In a way that really went deep. Uh, okay, so a note to selves, future episode title, Wealth versus Money. And one more upgrade to this episode's title. Dude, this is Take the Pill, P-I-L, Pure Intentional Living. <laughs> you can't change the title at the end. Not... Right, we can change the title at the end, dude. We're break. I'm grabbing it out. The, the reality, the, the carousel just dropped in the quantum field, and I threw out my vertical fishing rod, and I yanked her down, and sh- she went right into the root. Take, Take the pill. P I L. Pure intentional living. All right, Chris Stoikos, you used to uh, grow a beard. Now you just grow in intentions. <laughs> Much love, my friends. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Gift of the Gap. It's been a pleasure to host you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. my friends i hope you loved listening to that episode with me and chris as much as we love uh, creating it for you it was a lot of fun and we went super deep and these are really, i like i like having co-hosts i think i'm going to invest my time in finding uh co-hosts for this show where i can bounce ideas back uh, back and forth on a few times so that we have a rapport going you know i don't know if i want a permanent co-host but i like having a co-host once in a while here to bounce ideas off of and you can see with chris there's chemistry you know that's what you look for it's like regis and kathy lee because i don't know who's regis and who's kathy lee maybe i'm kathy lee Maybe I'm Regis. I don't know. Hope you enjoyed that one, guys. Check out uh, check out newwaveentrepreneur.com for all the latest updates. Check out uh, check out my Instagram. Check out my YouTube. By the way, we're going to be really ramping up YouTube over the next couple weeks, uh, and I want you to be 
tapped into that as well. So you can get the link for that at newwaveentrepreneur.com. I'm also now just realizing that I made a reference to Regis and Kathy Lee, which uh, I believe they hosted the Regis and Kathy Lee show like 30 years ago at this point. So I'm showing my age truly and I almost slipped. I almost didn't even catch the fact that I'm referencing a 25 to 30 year old show. But just so you know, I'm current. I'm updated. I'm going into Web3, baby. So, <laughs> all right, guys, much love. The water's warm. The tide is rising. Uh, jump on in. Let's get ready to surf this new wave. Daniel out. Daniel out.